All right. All right. We're good. Cool. Um, hi. Hi. You've got a really bright light behind you. It looks like you're an angel. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe I'm dead. I'm recording from beyond the grave. Oh, oh no. Well, that would be you're, a cool so, podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's the only light in this room, so I can't uh, really do much about it. That's okay. So welcome, everybody, to Whiskey and Wino. Uh, Aaron's coming drinking. to us. I am day drinking, yeah. Technically, you're day drinking. I am. I mean, it feels like night. It's three o'clock, so. <laughs> um, I was going to say you're in your very own podcast room, so that's exciting. I am. I wonder what they use this room for because there was only one outlet. So it's a really, really small room, so like it's perfect for this, but I have no fucking idea huh. what it was made for. Like, the window's all sealed up. It's weird. It's like a torture chamber. It's weird. Oh, I was going to say, maybe it was like a some kid was locked up there forever. What the shit? Can you hear her? Oh, yeah. God damn it. I was all prepared. No, I got to go. So much for fucking non-editing. Sorry. It's trash day. So everybody, or trash day tomorrow. So everybody's rolling out their trash bins. So she thinks it's like she's under attack. It's my trash day tomorrow too. Oh, we, we don't so have you're so far problem. away, but it's. Yeah. Share trash days. Yep. I'm living the country life now. It's weird. I'm still in denial. Snowy country life. Snowy. (laughs) You hear shooting all day because it's hunting season. So it's different shooting than what I'm used to hearing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This time I know why they're shooting. I don't feel like I have to duck, but you never know. Yeah, at least you don't have to, like, worry, should I call the police? Should I not? Right. I know we're good. True story. But I stay in some pretty sketchy fucking hotels on the way here, cross country. Whew. Like, there were some true crime stories in these hotels. Oof. I'm glad you made it. Me too. <laughs> With so some stories fun. to tell. I wasn't sure about. I'm still not sure if my house is haunted. I'm not sure. But it could just be well, in my head. Um, tell the listeners about when you called me with Zoe. Oh, so I have a basement because I live in Pennsylvania now. And it's it's weird because you can't really tell where the door is. It's kind of built into the wall. So you don't really know it's there. So we hadn't looked at it. So my husband decided to go down and check it out. So he opened the door and the dogs went apeshit. They went absolutely crazy. I mean, full hair up, full like aggressive growls, woofs. Like even our pup who doesn't usually bark, he's kind of lets the big dog do it because he's still a pup. She's, she's not like not like Trixie right now. 
<laughs> I don't know what of, is happening. He's just mad because he's she's outside. Wyatt doesn't woof yet. Well, he kind of still lets Zoe like talk for him, but he was full on woofing. Mm-hmm. Like they were wow. pissed off with. I'm like, okay, I'm not going down there. Like if the dogs are reacting this way, I don't know what the fuck's down there. My husband did go down there a few days after. Yeah. And he says, like, the stairs are all skewed, and he's like, it's just like a water heater. I was like, yeah, and a demon den. It's creepy. Oh, no. I don't think you have a demon den. I mean, you've been there for long enough. True. I, I'm Right now, I'm sleeping upstairs, and my husband's sleeping downstairs, because, one, we don't have our bed yet. Um, But we don't have any smoke detectors in this house. Not one. And I've kind of mentioned oh, it to the landlord, like, that dude, there's no smoke detectors in this house. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm going to work on it. So we're so terrified to be up here all at the same Isn't time. Isn't that illegal? Sleep. It's totally illegal. It's totally illegal. I mean, there's not one in this entire house. And it's like, I mean, you lived here at one time, but we're afraid, like, if there's a fire, we're all upstairs, we'd be trapped, even though we have two sets of stairs, technically. But so well, I went out and bought them today because and it's an older house. Yeah. And, you know, with heaters so and like all that all shit. The, yeah. The electrical is. Yeah. You never hmm. know. So he's been sleeping downstairs in case of a fire. And then I'm upstairs in case of a fire. So we're literally sleeping separately <laughs> just for peace of mind. Well, I mean, needs must. Well, I told my landlord, I said, I had a house burned down when I was in second grade, and I'm kind of terrified now and a little paranoid. Yeah. So, that's fair. <laughs> although, in I don't honesty, think Steve, we hadn't moved into the house yet. <laughs> but he doesn't know that. Yeah, but I think it's different when you're a mom. Like, you could be trapped, you know, I mean... I, at least that's kind of the way I look at it for me. It's like, if something happens when my kids aren't home, like maybe it's just the time for that to happen. But when my kids are home, I'm like, fuck, I got to be like protective and like actually do shit. Well, we thought he would come over this weekend and do it. And then we never heard from him. And I never even got a response recently. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go buy him. Like, it's stupid to sit here and wait. Like, I'll just buy him. I mean, it's really about my safety and my peace of mind. So to me, it's worth it. He should reimburse me. But yeah, definitely. I'm not going to be stubborn about it and then burn to death. <laughs> my dogs are Talk whining. about cut I off your nose off. to spite your face. Right? The dogs are whining because I blocked off so they couldn't come up. And I don't care if they do. But now I hear them both whining. Like, I don't know if that's really helping. Mm. Well, my dog started to be quiet, so it's only makes sense for yours to start right. bickering. I don't know what happened. The, the I think my neighbor was bringing out his trash can, and then we had a really low-flying helicopter. But we had an earthquake yesterday morning, oh, yeah? so now I'm all on edge. How big? It was tiny. It was like 3.7 out of Warner Springs. That's not an earthquake. So it was like a jolt. I was laying in my bed because it happened at like 7 a.m. And so I was just scrolling through the news feed and everything. And um, 
Everett came in my, God damn it. <laughs> my son came in my bed and was like, Hey mom, what's up? Like looking at, you know, wanted to get on his computer and stuff. And then there was this jolt, like it sounded like a freight train went through like the front of the house. Oh, and then the windows shook, but it was for like a second. It wasn't a rolling one. You know how they like, it right. wasn't like that. feels like it lasts forever. Yeah. This one was super fast. And then he looked at me and he's like, what was that? And then I said, I think that was an earthquake. He's like, I don't think it's an earthquake. It's already done. I'm like, yeah, most of them, as soon as you realize what's happening, it's over. It's over. Yeah. For sure. So speaking of you being freshly in Pennsylvania, what is our topic for today? Northwest Pennsylvania. That's our topic. Also, fair warning uh, to our listeners, due to the move and everything, we got a little bit behind. So this episode that we're recording is actually getting released tonight at midnight. So there's going to be like zero editing. So I'm sorry ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) You have to listen to all our bullshit. Although my stuff's pretty fast. Um, so being that we did San Diego and I was leaving it. So today I'm going to do the haunted things of Titusville, Pennsylvania, which is where I live now. And we're just, it's really Aaron centric. So wherever Aaron is, we apparently have to just, that's true. <laughs> do so. all the stories. <laughs> it's all about me. We already met our neighbor cause we already did something he didn't like. So people aren't friendlier in small towns. Just so you know, that's a fucking myth. <laughs> but anyway, no, they're absolutely not friendly until you become a part of the small town, right? That's and the whole they thing. see my California license they're, plate, so automatically, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so a quick history of Titusville, where I live. Um, this is where oil was first discovered in the United States by Colonel Edwin Drake. Um. It was. It's known as the valley that changed the world. I don't know how much of that is true. Oh, fancy. Um, but as quickly as it grew, it quickly became abandoned in 1873. They discovered oil in 1859. I should probably say that. Andrew wow. Carnegie and um, John Rockefeller both built their fortunes fortunes on towns like this. Um, poor Colonel Edwin Drake actually died a poor man. But there is a museum and a park named after him here now, and the museum's actually really cool. Like, if you come out here, I'm totally going to make you go to it, because it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> as cool as an oil museum can be. I love museums in general, so. It's Although, cool. dude, I'd rather die rich and not have a museum, just throwing it out there to the universe. Right? <laughs> I know, it's like, it's so sad. It's just another story that... You discovered it and everyone got rich but you. All right. So. Okay. Why are you frozen? I don't know if you're just frozen on my end or what. I can hear you totally fine. You just aren't moving. Maybe I'm not moving. Maybe it's so cold here. I'm frozen. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) probably we're going to start with the Miller Farm Cemetery. So the Miller Farm Cemetery is one of two cemeteries located in Oil Creek State Park, which is like a city over. 
every there's a city within a city within a city within a city and that's what i've learned everything's a borough a village a city whatever so anyway hmm. one of the miller family members is actually still alive she's in her 90s quick story about her when she was a young girl she was bit by a rattlesnake i wrote she was butt by one <laughs> um anyway um, her father i didn't what? know they had rattlesnakes there I didn't either. I thought that was a Southwest thing. But they actually yeah, have I did too. a hill here called Rattlesnake Hill. And my mom said they're um, building hmm. something on it. And they found a shit ton of rattlesnakes. Hence the name Rattlesnake Hill. And they had to stop to get rid of all the Very rattlesnakes. Clever there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally all with right. you. I didn't think that was. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, but anyway, she was uh, bit by a rattlesnake. Her father rushed her to the railroad, which was just down the road, and they hopped on it and they took took her to the nearest hospital in Titusville, where she died. Obviously, she didn't oh, die. She's still what? alive and she's in her 90s. Oh, I was like, wait a minute, she's 90. <laughs> okay. I just thought that was interesting. Like they had to hop on a railroad car to go to the next town. I thought that was interesting. Um, so the cemetery is supposedly haunted. Very. Very. Mm-hmm. That's all you oh, said. Oh, I was going to say that sounds very. Well, because you started talking. I was going to say it sounded very um, fried green tomatoes. Yeah. Hopping on a. Hopping on a rail car. Train to go to the next town. So the cemetery is supposedly haunted by a lady in white. Because they never were purple or black or red oh. or orange. Everybody has a lady in white. No. So those who dare yeah, to drive, <laughs> maybe it is. Those who dare to drive the road at night have <laughs> stories of glowing orbs that float and random reddish lights appearing out of nowhere. There is a tombstone that gives off a greenish glow. So I'm totally gonna go check this out. Sometimes if you leave your car parked on the road, you'll come back and there will be small, dirty handprints left on your car, like they were from children. What was? What was the, um, sorry, I'm a little bit distracted because my headphones are only coming out of one side. Um, what, what was the thing you covered where like the woman would get in your car and then disappear or was that a child? No, that was like a haunted highways, I think. Oh, okay. But uh, there's always this lady in white, you know, or in the prom dress or. Yeah. Right. It's like, mm. Okay, but supposedly this is a super haunted cemetery, so I'll have to go check it out. So right. now I'm going to tell you the story of Doc Haggerty. So during the heyday okay. of the oil boom, there was a stretch of road called Oil Creek Highway. It ran from Oil City to Titusville and Pleasantville. Yes, I feel like I live in a movie as well. <laughs> At the you time, do. with really <laughs> unclever town names, <laughs> right? Oh God, all the street names too. It's it's hilarious. The road, um, so at this um, this road, the stretch of road, at the time, it was described as wholly unclassable, almost impassable, and scarcely jackassable. Wow. Yes. There's a limerick for you. There is a limerick <laughs> for you. So the road was used um, by nitroglycerin shooters, which are men who drive around from magazine to the oil wells in a buckboard wagon. Yeah, I don't know what a magazine was. Oh I tried to look it up, and obviously I kept getting magazines. 
So I don't yeah. know what that was, um, what they called that then, what that represented. I don't know. So well, they called gun gun magazines magazines. Maybe it was just a thing where it was like you loaded kind of like a in a cartridge, like a rail car that was and loaded. Kind of makes that, sense. I don't know. Because that I thought gun magazine. I don't know. Um, so usually it's men who drive around. Oh, I already said that. Carrying three to five gallons mm-hmm. of nitro and felt lined boxes. So in the back of the wagon. That's scary. Yeah, Isn't that like highly combustible? Oh, we'll get there. Oh, so okay. In, in, in the back of the wagon, they carried torpedoes filled with nitro that would be lowered down into the oil wells and they'd set it off to increase the production of oil. Wow. So in December of 1888, Doc was making a run to Pleasantville with a wagon filled with 1,400 pounds of nitroglycerin. The town heard a furious explosion down in the valley. They found bits of horse, bits of wagon, but <gasps> no atom of Doc was ever seen on Earth again. So due to, the, <laughs> due to the fact the insurance company, which held a $5,000 policy in his name, they wouldn't pay it because they couldn't find any iota of him. So they sent experts down oh, no. and to investigate, and they determined that the explosion was sufficient enough to cremate the bones instantaneously, bones, clothes, boots, and all. So it said in the month of yeah. December, you can still hear the explosion echoing through the valley. People will also see a horse-drawn carriage going really slowly with an old man in old-timey clothes trying to make his delivery. He's still trying. Oh, poor guy. What know, a terrible right? purgatory. Yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> I still have to work. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be retired by now. Fuck this. <laughs> so now I'm going to tell you about the town of Pit Hole. Yeah. Pit Hole? Pit Hole. All right. So Pit Hole was another town that was booming in the oil boom until it wasn't. It's Until it's it went big boom. <laughs> yeah. It had a it was a wild town filled with brothels, booze, and brawls. With an occasional murder or two. So it's kinda like I guess it would be like their Vegas. Like that's where they went to like what happens to pit hole <laughs> stays in pit hole. With an occasional murder. Yeah, with an occasional murder, you know. Vegas, you know. <laughs> so it's now a ghost town where I guess you can go visit and take a tour. I have not done the pit hole tour. Tur, oh, I love I those. Tur. Tur. <laughs> Been there for fucking two weeks. <laughs> right? I'm already saying tur. Down by the creek. <laughs> Down by the creek where I was washing the clothes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where am I? So Kate LeCount, a.k.a. she's known as French Kate, who was oh. a notorious madam of Pit Hall. She moved to the town with <laughs> Ben Hogan, who self-proclaimed as the wickedest man in the world. Um, he oh, was a, quite a quite a duo. Quite a duo. Um, where am I? Okay, sorry. Uh, ben Hogan was a Confederate deserter who later claimed to be a Union spy. Kate was a former dancer and career criminal with a very sharp mind. She'd been described as an olden vampire. So what? And also, Why? Kate also dated John Wilkes Booth. Just to show Ooh. you the kind of people she runs around with. 
Yeah. You mean so, drama nerds or drama <laughs> theater nerds? No, I, I was thinking more <laughs> infamous people. <laughs> Assassin, assassins. Right, assassins. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha. So Kate mm-hmm. and Ben opened a brothel, <laughs> but it wasn't just any brothel. It was a brothel for the depraved taste of men. So this brothel kind of did different things than just men wanting to have sex. It's kind of for men that had fetishes. I don't know what those okay, were. They so don't go into li- detail. Oops. It was a bit progressive. Yes, it was kind of progressive before OnlyFans came along. Um, <laughs> or Pornhub. Um, <laughs> so Ben was the bouncer of the brothel, and he was a well-known fighter. He helped Kate obtain girls by putting ads in the paper in New York, asking for young, young women to come to Pit Hole and be nannies. Once they arrived, they'd be forced to work oh. in the brothel. And, you forced? Know, first. I don't like that. No, that's pretty gross. If you want to, if you, if you want to work in a brothel, by all means, go work in a brothel. But like answering an ad and then being sex it's trafficked. Like, yeah, I was gonna say it's like the that's beginning of human trafficking, right? Um, at least in this country. Yeah. In one disturbing case, they. I was gonna say, young- didn't that start with Eve? <laughs> That's probably true. Um, <laughs> sorry. In one disturbing case, they kidnapped a young girl. Her name was Rebecca, and they held her against her will until her mother had to come with a mob to rescue her. So Fuck. visitors to Pit Hole see apparitions of Kate quite often. She's been known to shove women in particular quite often. Ooh, ooh. Um. Another visitor told the curator at the museum that the couple dressed in reenactment costumes on the corner of Holdman Street and First Street were spot on. She just wanted to let her know that they were so good. So the curator's like, Mm. "Um, we don't have actors dressed in costumes like people don't do that here. You know, you're not in like like some colonial town like we don't do that. And reenactor actors. Yeah. Reenactor actors. (laughs) and they're like the visitor was adamant she's like no he told me his name was alexander Payne, and he was really distressed about the condition of the town and she's like he totally like acted like he was from there and all this and the curator's like i don't even know who that is and i know everybody on the historical town register so several years later the curator and another co-worker were excavating a nearby gravesite and they found the name or the gravestone of Alexander Payne. Oh, spooky. Yeah. You know, it would be really funny is if it was just a regular person who decided to dress up and just hang out people. on that street corner. <laughs> like, Maybe the person's like, no, I know something. everybody. Right? <laughs> but anyway, that is, those are my stories for Titusville. Like I said, it, it's a town of 5,000 people, so there's not exactly a lot going on. Well, um, I don't know why you are so frozen. You haven't moved the whole time. Really? Yeah. You've been, I can hear everything you're saying. My goal was to release this to Patreon to be able to see us in person. However, if they're just going to stare at you making blank faces (laughs) at the camera, that might not be such a draw. To uh, That's weird. donate to Patreon to get a <laughs> watch Aaron stay still. <laughs> right? Am I frozen to you? No, no. Hmm. 
you're drinking your wine. Oh, by the way, I'm drinking strawberry rum and pineapple banana orange juice. Oh, I was going to text you and ask you if you were going to be drinking wine, if this was going to be our crossover oh, no. episode. I did take a couple shots of whiskey before I came upstairs, but I mm. figured asking my husband to bring it upstairs. I'm probably pushing it now. Yeah, you might as well turn that room into a bar room. Right. And then you can. <laughs> well, my story today also comes out of Pennsylvania. Surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the case of a man called Edward Gingrich and his wife, Katie Gingrich. So we're very like Catherine adjacent heavy here. Yeah. You had a Kate right. and this is a Katie. Um, and this happened in my parents' little town of 300 where they live. Oh, my Lord. Um, 300, be- that just makes me nervous in my and stomach. And I think they're counting the cows, <laughs> to be honest. I'm pretty sure they're counting livestock. Is your parents' house the post office, too? <laughs> the post office, if you blink, you'll pass it. Like, seriously. It's pretty freaking oh. tiny. They have a little store. They have a bar, which has freaking excellent food, by the way. Good and- slushies. <laughs> They love their alcoholic slushies here. And they sell them at gas stations. They have shots of Fireball when you check out at a gas station. What? Somehow they found a loop in the law because it's a state licensed kind of liquor store places. Uh But you can sell Fireball like anywhere because they consider it a malt liquor. Oh, because the alcohol volume is lower. Mm Mm-hmm. So they, I'm wow. just like, but you sh- probably shouldn't be asking people to take shots while they're at a gas station. What about beer and wine then? Yeah, they sell beer and wine there too. Like, oh, okay. So I was going to say my wine is 13%. 13.5. I'm not positive for wine. I know they sell beer, but I've never actually looked for wine. Mm. Honestly, I send my husband everywhere. I this is the first day I could get to my parents' house without having to Google it. Okay, well, um, if you don't have wine in that town, there will be a big problem. Oh, no, they I have don't. it. I just don't <laughs> think they sell it at the gas station. Or maybe they do. I just don't know. I've only been in okay. there once. Well, we know when they have Fireball. Yeah, we know. Not... <laughs> we'll live on Fireball. We're good there. <laughs> Would not be my first choice, but maybe my seventh. Or if there's only that, then that's okay. And that's about the only time I drink it. <laughs> I might prefer the slushies over oh, Fireball. Yeah, I cannot wait to drink these slushies. Oh, hey, Wyatt. I got the right. dog up here. Hey, pups. So, back to Edward Gingrich. So, um, Pennsylvania, a little-known fact. Actually, maybe it's not little-known. It was little-known to me. Uh, comes in second for the state with the biggest Amish population with approximately 58,000 Amish residents. Who's first? Ohio. I was going to say Ohio or Missouri. Okay. Ohio by 1,000 more. So that's That's census, right? That's self-reporting. So, I mean, honestly, they could be tied for all I know. Like, for all I know. Like, they call me and tell me. Well, they probably, my dad would know. Yeah. Uh. And we've all heard that the Amish community does not allow electricity. This is to kind of, there's several different reasons, but one of them is to to limit the outside contact, um, you know, with the outsiders, the English. Um, 
Yes. No matter what color you are or what race, you're considered the English. Yes. And forgive me if I'm reading my notes and I say that exact fact because I do have it farther down in my notes. So if you hear it twice. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. I just it's possible I just read through it and forget that you already said it. So I went on this website called discoverlancaster.com. And it says that when electricity was being run across the country, the community was very mystified and and uneasy. So they forbid it. So you know how there's that uh, kind of like fun thing that people say of like, how did the Amish know what, when to stop (laughs) their technology? Yeah. Because, you know, the butter churning, the horse drawn stuff, like when did you stop? It seems like it's basically just when they were asked to be part of a grid type thing. It was like, we can have as much technology as we can do on our own and not be a part of the world. So I can tell you they do have a cell phone and usually the bishop keeps it. You can have. Oh, well, and I'll get into it, too. Although I didn't know about the cell phone exactly. But yeah. So it's like one per village and it's just for emergencies mm-hmm. because pay phones, you know, they usually go to pay phone if they need a ride or something. And, you know, pay phones are so obsolete nowadays that oh, they right. do have a cell phone. And some of the kids, let's be honest, they sneak it, you know, they oh, sneak I'm around sure. and buy a burner phone and shit. Well, they don't seem to be as harsh with children. If children are caught breaking the rules they're taught a lesson about it. They're not like shunned. Whereas an adult, if you know the whole thing, then it's like you, you knew the rules you decided not to. They're very, they're much more lenient with their children, possibly because if they're not, they will run out of people to be in their community. (laughs) But um, (laughs) that's true. So it worked really well to contain the community due to the inventions of the radio and the television that would influence people and possibly lead to a decline in their population. Like I just said about the kids, uh, <laughs> because they do, they do know about the world. They do communicate with the English people. They do, you know, like your dad drive drives them around. So there's conversation. So they, they are aware, but I think if there was influenced by like MTV on television, that sort of thing, is really, uh, but they do practice. Um, I looked up rum, rum, springa, but it's not called that everywhere in every community. So, but every Amish community does practice that when the children become 18, they go and check out the world and they choose to either return and be baptized or they, they don't return and they are excommunicated by the Amish. Um, so <laughs> sorry. So my <laughs> my phone it it's kind of inappropriate. Never mind. Uh my dad so, said that um eighty five percent of them come back after Rumspringa, which I think is a super, super high percentage. Well, honestly, if if that's what you know and your whole family is there, it would have to be really fucking great to uh, to leave 
like as a teenager, of course, I wanted to leave my parents. That's that's what we do. Right. We we rebel. We become adults if we're lucky. And, you know, then we go on. But I think, you know, if you're raised in this super strict uh, rules and religion, if it means you get to go and struggle with, you know, a TV and a radio and a car, or you can be with your family. To me, it's like, well, I'd probably prefer to be with my family. Right. Um, do you know if there's a hard and fast deadline? Like if you go on this rumspringa and then say you decide you want to stay in the modern world and then decide six months later. Okay, wait, I didn't think it was that good. I think it's a year. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a that's plenty of time, I think. I think, like I know shit. I was not raised <laughs> in the Amish. My dad, my dad is the, the Uber Amish, Uber for Amish, um, makes a killing and they love him. They trust him. Um, like when he had his quadruple bypass, my mom got so much food and casseroles and they're very, they were very, very kind. Um, why did I go off? Oh, my, my dad will say he'll, he'll see one of the girls that he usually picks up and she'll be with makeup and in English clothes and he wouldn't recognize her and they'd be like, don't tell my dad. (laughs) Don't tell my dad you saw me. But you know, they're just like any other teenager. Of course. Of course. So they going through the rules and stuff, like what you were saying with the cell phone, they can have 12 volt self-contained batteries, which is like, I think equivalent to, pretty much a car battery. Anything bigger than that is not allowed. They typically use hydraulic powered motors for farm equipment. They also can use bottled gas to run their refrigerators, stoves, and heaters. However, the majority of the Amis choose not to use those things because like interestingly... Yeah, interestingly enough, freezers are not allowed, nor washer or dryer, because they're gateway appliances. Like, <laughs> they start to... <laughs> I didn't they know there start, was a gateway appliance. Yeah. They, I mean, once once you don't have to use a washboard to wash your laundry, like... Right, you're in. What else? Yeah. What else so, am I missing? They can, I, do, I can tell you that during the winter here, because you can't hang your clothes, obviously, they're going to freeze. Mm-hmm. They can go to a... A laundromat. Oh, really? And dry their clothes. Okay. That makes sense. Like, I guess my mom says, like, in the winter, it's, like, really bad. Like, one, they make a killing, whoever owns that laundromat. Yeah. But, well, because yeah. otherwise you're going to be stinky. And, the and you know, when you're not hygienic, that leads to diseases. And, right. you know, I mean. And they love chiropractic. Chiropractor. Oh my God! I'll get into that with this case. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. I didn't remember that. Okay. Um, I was like that's so odd to me. Yeah. Like, uh, that seems to me more like a medieval sorcery kind of thing. You know, like well, acupuncture. Kind of. It's kind of in the the chiropractor is kind of in with the um, witch doctor type deal. I, I don't. Oh, okay. They do not allow photographs of themselves because in the Bible it says thou shalt not make unto 
unto thyself a graven image. Also, pride is a serious affront to their utmost value, which is humility. And vanity can come from photos as well. Mm. They do not drive their (laughs) selfies. (laughs) Right. They do not drive their own cars, which could breed pride. I thought this was interesting because they could start trying to keep up with the Joneses type of way. And apparently the, they do not pimp out their buggies the way that you could pimp out a no, car. They do not. <laughs> so, and I wrote this in my notes. They can, however, as Aaron's dad is the taxi for the Amish ride in cars without a problem so because not it's not. Yeah, but it's not their car. So there's no vanity. It's not like they are trying to show off what they have. If they need to get someplace that's too far for a horse and buggy and can't af- can't find a ride or can't afford a, you know, Amish Uber, then they... My dad's busy that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can ride a train or bus uh, right. because that is not a status marker. That is not for personal use. You don't buy a bus, generally speaking, you know, for vanity. I just wanted to go through a few of those disciplines that the Amish tend to in each community. They tend to have some rules around those certain things because the man I'm going to tell you about, Edward Gingrich, he was raised in one such Amish community. It's called the um, Brown Hill Amish community. So in 1993, Edward Gingrich, they call him Ed was living with his wife, Katie, and their six-year-old son in Rockdale Township. Also, they had two other kids. They were just younger, but um, it was their six-year-old that I'm going to talk about in this story. But a side note, um, Rockdale Township is about an eight-hour walk from where you are in Titusville. And I swear to God, I Googled it. I think Google assumed I was Amish because... When I tried to Google from your Titusville to Rockdale Township, it automatically put me in walking. Like it did not, (laughs) (laughs) it did not say that I was in a car or a bus or whatever. I was like eight hours. How fucking big is Pennsylvania? Like, (laughs) and then I realized it was in walking and I was like, fuck, I think it thinks I'm Amish and like, I can't. (laughs) But yet you're Googling. So how could you be? True. I don't know. Um, in real life with a car, though, it's about 30 minutes. Edward had a hard time accepting life for what it was. And this is a big part about the Amish community. You follow the Bible. You do as you're instructed with humility and be grateful for what you have. Um, they generally, stereotypically, are very graceful people. You know, they kind of just very, you know, humble. They're they're not vain. They're not looking for what they can get or, you know, come up with. They're just not selfish people. He was always interested in pushing the limits of their way of life. So he was kind of seen as a rebel because he didn't outright rebel against their rules He was always trying to find kind of a loophole or a skirt around. And when it was first brought up that he wanted to marry Katie, who's his third cousin, some were a bit unnerved. 
surprisingly, not because it was his third cousin, but they didn't think it was a good idea because he was a bit of a rebel. And Katie was known as super selfless, always lending a hand, always being, you know, she was kind of the epitome of Amish. And the flip side to that was a lot of people believed that she was exactly what he needed. A nice, faithful wife to help settle him, you know, get his kind of keep him in line. Even though it's really the men in the house that set the tone and set the rules in the Amish because they're very biblical. And in the Bible, you know, the man is in charge. <laughs> I see you making faces. I think even in the Amish community, we know who wears the pants. It's okay, women. Yeah. Well, I mean, there. It's. I had this conversation with my kids last night. I drove them around to look at uh, Christmas lights around the neighborhoods, and my middle son said what if it's Mrs. Claus that does stuff? Like, didn't she make the village? And I was like, honey, you know, Mrs. Claus does every fucking thing. Right. And it's It's like, I do all that shit on Christmas day. Okay. And she's like, bitch, I'm working 364 days a week or a year. (laughs) Santa Claus is like the, the one time that the husband does the dishes and he's like, do you see what I did? (laughs) Look what I did. Look what I do for the rest of my life. Uh huh. Good for you. So, yeah, I think that's why they were like, okay, well, Katie will be good. She'll kind of set the boundaries and get him. Because at this time, he was looked at just a rebel. It wasn't anything of like he's dangerous or there's a problem or whatever. So he got married and there was a bit for him a little reluctance because he wasn't sure about the Amish way, even though largely he was committed, like he came back the rum springer, like he didn't, he didn't want to actually leave. He just wanted his cake and eat it too. Like he didn't really want to leave everything he knows, but he also was a bit um, apprehensive. And marrying Katie is, the anchor you can't you know in the Amish community you can't leave once that happens like you're you're married forever you can't there's no divorce there's no um there's no No. leaving after that so they got married they had a son they had another I I believe another son and then a daughter Edward after his first son was very he began to be very sullen And uh, he got depressed. He continued on, but he was just never quite the way he was before after his first son was born. What is happening in your room? Why? It sounds like papers are being shuffled around. No? It's just me. Oh. I don't think anyone's even up here. Don't fucking freak me out. Is there, a, you. is there a dog that's breathing near you? No, there's no one in here but me. Fuck. You're going to have an issue when you listen oh. to this recording. 
Okay. I hear my husband. Wyatt's laying outside the door for some reason, but no Zoe. Mm, I can't hear your husband unless he's shuffling papers. I can't hear him. <laughs> he is not shuffling papers. That's okay. Weird, though. Okay. It's possible it's totally on my end. Sorry. Why it's just okay. so cute. It's like he's keeping guard outside my door. Good. He probably needs to. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting you back from when you told me there was a man standing behind me. I know. All right. <laughs> so, and at least you have your husband in your house with you. I don't have anybody in my house. <laughs> Uh, he met a man named Dave Lindsay, who was English. And this is the sentence where you already beat me to it about the Amish calling everyone outside their community, regardless of what they actually are or where they came from. They're all English. So this Dave guy was very Christian. It started off a business because the Amish are allowed to speak to outsiders about business. They don't really welcome them into the community uh, unless there's years of trust. But um, the they were doing a deal because Ed's parents or father owned a sawmill. And so he worked in the sawmill and Dave Lindsay would come and I don't know if he was purchasing the lumber or purchasing things that they built with the lumber or whatever it was. They had a business relationship and it so happened that Dave became. Christian, shut up. He's singing. He's down below, but I can hear him. It's drifting up here, and I don't think he realizes. <laughs> shut so you, up. So you don't want to tell him, hey, I can hear you up here. <laughs> Just shut up. Too early for his silly songs. All right. So. Dave Lindsay became friendly with Ed and he happened to catch him on a day where Ed was feeling particularly sullen about his relationship with God or his religion or whatever it be. And Dave being a devout Christian started speaking with Edward about Christianity and he showed him a particular Bible verse that was. Um, so I watched this TV show called Murder in Amish Country. It's a whole fucking TV show. There's six episodes. This is episode five. Of it's a that. joke. So uh, he, this guy, Dave Lindsay, is on that show explaining his relationship with Ed. Now, everything I read, because I read a lot on Jim Fisher, who wrote a book called The Crimson Stain, I read a lot of his, on his website because his book is not in the library for some reason. About I own it. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should have read that before. But <laughs> I, on his website, Jim Fisher, oh, I'll get to it, I think, in the bottom of my notes. Um, he has his, his own website because he's an author of other books as well. And you almost, I mean, obviously go buy his book because we like to support small town, small time authors, but he has everything on his website. I mean, 
not the book, obviously, but so much information. Um, but he doesn't say really anything about Dave Lindsay, except for the fact that he was pressure. He felt that he was pressuring Ed to become Christian. So it's kind of a he said, he said situation. And obviously, Dave Lindsay is not going to say I was pressuring him because that's not right. a Christian thing to do. So. Um, So whatever the case may be, obviously nobody knows except Dave Lindsay and Ed Gingrich. But Christian, where are you? Are you next door? I can't hear him at all. Oh, you can't hear me. Sorry. I, That's okay. I can't, I can't hear him. where he is. I can, and it's distracting. Oh, okay. Because one, I can't figure out where he's at mm. to tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so you're just going to yell into the ether? <laughs> Pretty much. Just shut up, Christian. It's like I figure if I can hear him that clearly, he should be able to hear me. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I should be writing these down. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just, everybody's going to hear it. Um, all right. So. I'm sorry. I completely missed my space. So Dave, obviously very Christian. Edward was struggling with his faith. Dave apparently Per Jim Fisher was telling Edward, if you don't basically renounce your faith and become Christian and be baptized as a Christian, you're going to go to hell. So (laughs) Edward, which duh, I mean, that's what every Christian says. Right. So Edward, (laughs) Edward had practiced a specific sect of Christianity that's called Old Order Amish. It's kind of a close cousin to the Mennonite, which is another sect of Christianity. So they all believe that um, Jesus Christ was the son of God and that he was essentially. What is happening? Jesus. Um, Give me a second. Okay. I got to shut this shit down. (laughs) Christian. Where are you? Why are you so fucking loud? Huh? I can hear everything you're saying and doing. What are you doing? Oh, are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, baby, I was looking at the, the washer for you. Oh, my God. Oh, you're so loud. There's a lot of water leaked out because it went on. I'm drying it up right now. Okay. Why is white up here, but there's no zo? I can't help you with that. I don't know. Come on, what? That's okay. He's being fine. I just don't want to hurt Zoe's dog feelings. Why it's keeping me. Okay. Zoe won't go up those stairs. She'll only go up the front stairs. Sorry. He was hooking okay. up the washer. Oh, we heard you. Oh. We heard him say. <laughs> oh, you heard the whole thing? Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So 
Old Order Amish is a close cousin to the Mennonite, which is another sect of Christianity. And (laughs) for like, it doesn't obviously make any sense. Like for fuck's sake, you either believe in God, you do good, you don't do bad, you be kind, etc. Why are there so many fucking, you know, offshoots of religion? Who knows? Anyway. When I was reading this whole, when I was reading this whole, (laughs) this whole story, I'm like, why don't you just make up your own fucking religion then? Like, don't, don't be a sect of Christianity. Just say, I don't, I'm not even a part of you. I'm completely different. Like Mormons, like just completely shoot off and become your own. I don't know why. Anyway, I don't, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, But the point is, is that Edward was struggling with his religion. And even though it was some sort of Christianity, Dave Lindsay was showing him a different way. And this was confusing to Edward because his elders had never told him about this specific way. Um, and at one point, Edward had a psychotic break. I couldn't find too much about what happened, but it was he was hallucinating and it scared the community so bad that they called 911, which oh, they, wow. they don't do. No, they do not call 911. They don't do shit. They handle I it internally. <laughs> yeah. So they have to go to. I mean, this was back in the 90s. Your dog is so loud. Why is she loud? She's not doing anything. She's so loud. How is she loud? She's... (sighs) (sighs) Zoe, stop being loud. Now she's fine. I think she was, like, breathing into your microphone. (laughs) She was really excited to be here. Um, so it takes so much for somebody to call 911 because this was back in the late 80s, early 90s. There were no cell phones. So you had to go. Is she done? <laughs> oh, my God. You said you had a podcast room. Everything is so fucking loud. My dogs are outside. There's nobody in here. Don't fucking scare me. Are you trying to get me back? No. I don't, I don't have, have a husband that's here, so don't, I don't freak have a door me out. On the podcast room, there is no door. Oh, okay. But there is a door to shut out everybody else, but then there's the stairs. Oh. I think it's just very echoing in here because there's nothing in here except me and my table and a waffles. So I'm not. This is gonna be. This is way longer than I anticipated. Sorry. No, it's not you. It's my notes. Um, you know, I get. I always think I have like it's a very small thing, and then I start diving into it because I just have to know all the answers. What you never? <laughs> yeah. That's why you know mine was like 15 minutes. I just want to throw that out there. All right. So 
They call 911. They have to go to the English to call 911. So he eventually gets this diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. He was given meds to help manage this, and he was sent on his way. We hear this way too often, but he claims his medication was turning him into a zombie, and he hated taking the medication. And because he's a grown-ass man with his own freedoms, he decides to quit taking them. This would be devastating, as it usually is. Yes. You can also bet that it doesn't work out in the end, because we're talking about it on this fucking podcast. <laughs> Never a good sign if we're talking right? about you on the podcast. So Edward started to hallucinate again after stopping his meds. And Jim Fisher, the guy who wrote the book, he says that that Edward was seeing giant bunnies who howled like wolves and told his family members that God and Satan were battling for his soul. It was also extremely bad that he had this acquaintance who he was working with, Dave, the Dave Lindsay, who was not Amish, who was hell bent on converting him to Christianity to the point that some believe Dave was convincing Edward that it was his wife that was making him unhappy because as the story goes, if Dave Lindsay is trying to convince Edward to convert to Christianity and Edward is telling Dave, look, you don't understand. My wife would never go for this. We're raised Amish. Like I can't, I can't convert this way because that goes against my whole family. So it seems, and this is per Jim Fisher who wrote the book, um, that he believes that it was Dave telling him, not necessarily saying in those words, your wife is a problem, but trying to help him convert that was making Edward see his wife as something standing in his way. Poor Katie. I know. And she's only 29. This brings us to March 18th, 1993. This gets really gruesome, so buckle up. Edward walked up to his wife, Katie, in their kitchen. Katie was actually getting ready to go to a wedding. And because of Edward's previous outbursts, he was kind of becoming an embarrassment because his mental health was not in check. By the way, they and, get married on Thursdays. Oh, do they? In November and May. Well, this was March 18th, and they were getting ready for a wedding, so I don't know. So they're throwing me all off, but I bet you it was a Thursday. Maybe. I'll have to look. Interesting. So Edward walks up to his wife, Katie, in the kitchen while she's getting ready, putting her little bonnet on, you know, like, like they do. He punched her in the fucking face so hard she fell on the floor. Oh my he God. punched her several more times. Totally was unprovoked. A was it? it? Was a Thursday. <laughs> Sorry. So totally unprovoked. He just walks up and knocks her out. Actually doesn't knock her out because she's scared as shitless, obviously. Yeah, her husband be. Yeah, her husband has not been acting like himself and She's fucking scared. So she screams for her six-year-old son, which is her oldest son. <laughs> Christ. Um, so her six-year-old son, as you can imagine, her younger kids were with her. 
in the area, watched it. Um, her six-year-old son runs to get help because she tells him, go, you know, go get someone help. Go get help. Jebediah. Exactly. <laughs> so her son runs as fast as he can to his uncle's house, which is a mile away. Wow. Wow. I mean, think about a fucking six-year-old. Six I have a five-year-old and I can't even imagine if he's not only running a mile, but with the with the thought that mom's hurt. Like well, and it's I have black. To go. There's no street lights. Yeah. No, no, no. Field. It was a daytime. It was a daytime. Uh, was daytime, okay. But yeah. It it's still, I mean, you have there's that was the closest person. There's no other landmarks. You're just fucking running. And you're six and you you're you're running because your dad is hurting your mom. Like, ugh, it's okay. heart wrenching. Um I mean, it gets worse once I tell you how he grew up. But um, so six year old running a mile to his uncle's house. His uncle was the closest person that he could find, which I mean, this kid's brave as fuck anyway. So Edward's brother, that's his uncle, is his dad's brother, runs into the house sees his sister-in-law's body on the floor in the kitchen. She's clearly dead. He is like, he has, he doesn't have a cell phone. He has nothing. Like, what is he going to do? His brother is looking at him like he's looking through him. Like, clearly he's not there. This is not like you can talk this guy down. He's like, crazy at this time so his brother runs to the nearest english house so he can call 911 um once he called 911 and they the help arrived to the house it was way too late for katie and uh another gruesome part this is actually worse than the other one so yes while edward's brother went to go get help Edward changed his shoes. Edward. Ch <laughs> Wyatt, stop with your weird noises. Sorry. It's okay. So Edward changed his shoes into heavy boots. Clawed hoppers, as my dad used to say. So he could stomp on his wife's head. Which also in this TV show that I watched, The Murder in the Amish Country, episode five, does not prepare you. And they're leading up to this is happening. And then the actor, the reenactor actor, he steps like on the camera. Like, to. Wyatt is really distressed by this. Yeah. So. You're like, as you're watching it, you're kind of cringing because you know what's happening. And then you basically get stepped on as the viewer because the camera angle is very unsettling. Of course, not as unsettling as it was for Katie. No. Um, but I believe she was dead before that happened. I hope. But who knows? Then... 
You think it can't get worse than that, but it's getting worse. He cut her open and removed all of her organs and put yeah. them in a pile beside her. Yes. That's he, also, he also uh, took out her brain as well. And I will get into the reason for that in a second. Um, obviously. Oh, my God. What? It's so loud in your room. <laughs> And we're not, no one's doing anything. Like, that's what's so funny. I don't hear a thing. Wyatt, stop eating the fucking wall. That's probably what I'm hearing. Maybe that's exactly what you're hearing. Stop eating the wall. What the fuck's wrong with you? He obviously gets arrested. He's found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. He's mentally ill. He's sentenced to two and a half years to five years in prison. The murder took place March 18th, 1993. And March 19th, 1998, which is three years and one day after the horrific murder of Katie Gingrich, he was released at the young age of 34. Yep. He told Jim... That the first time he was taken in for a psychotic evaluation after his hallucination, um, Jim being the author of the Crimson Stain, uh, he said that that psychic evaluation, they had given him good mental care. And it was the Hammett Medical Center in Erie, Pennsylvania. He said that when he left there, he was in a dark place, but Katie wanted him home. And he believes that Dr. Terrell would give him good medicine. Oh, I'm sorry. She would. So Katie was telling him this guy, Dr. Terrell. Seriously? That's three shots. That's two shots? Three. Okay. There's so much going on in here right now. I need everyone to back away. Don't go for me. Okay, you, you have to take the waffles out. Come on, guys. Let's go. On, Tell Christian uh, thanks from so me for bringing... That's not fair. No, she can't. She can't stay. Okay. You just wanted her up there because Wyatt was up there. Come on, Wyatt. Come on. You guys have to go. You can go lay down in the next room, okay, Z? Here, Wyatt. Wyatt. You'll lay down in the guest room, baby girl. What time is that? Christian says it's not fair for Zoe to stay and not Wyatt. But Zoe's I like, I'm not leaving. You. I just told you it wasn't fair because Wyatt care. was up there and you were saying Zoe has to be up because Wyatt was up. Shut up, Jen. Whose side are you on? You should always be on Zoe's side. Zoe's I'm like, on... fuck you. I'm not leaving. She's hiding under the table. Like, you can't see me if I'm under here. I'm on whoever the fuck side is to quiet this so that I can continue on. And now my dogs are upset. Everybody's upset. <laughs> Everyone's very upset about this. God damn it. Everybody's so upset because I decided, no, it'll be fine. I'll just not edit. And now I'm going to be here till midnight fucking editing everything. Mm-mm. And good luck to everyone who's listening because I'm going to be editing while I'm drunk because I'm drinking wine while we're doing this. So there. Oof. Oof. Whiskey's a little strong. Okay. Well, you know what face I don't make when I'm drinking my wine? <sighs> that one. That one. Because my wine tastes delicious. All right. Back to the story. 
I say back to the story and I hold this like I have something happening. (laughs) Back and hit three, two, one. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting a little, a little crazy here. All right. So Ed says when he left the Hammett Medical Center in Erie, Pennsylvania, he was in a dark place, but his wife wanted him to come home and Dr. Terrell would give him good medication and would heal him. Now, Dr. Terrell is a chiropractor and he was giving him, um, oh shoot, I didn't write it down. It was like molasses, black molasses as a medicine. Obviously, we can't get Kate's take on this or Katie, I'm sorry, Katie's take on this because she's not fucking with us. But he says that she referred him to Puxatani Healer, which chiropractic, magic, etc. And every time I read Puxatani, I could only think of I could only think of that. And I was like, God damn, Groundhog's Day. Yep. So (laughs) Edward also Puxatani. I can't look at the word when I say it, because if I want to read it phonetically, thanks to Hooked on Phonics, that's how I read is phonetically. Um, it, you can't make that noise. There's too many letters. <laughs> like It doesn't it doesn't work. Um, so Edward also said that he wanted to go back to a mental ward that was in Jamestown, New York, which ironically is where Katie's mother moved after the death of her husband and their and Katie's unwed siblings to Jamestown, New York. But Katie did not want Edward to go to Jamestown and wanted to keep seeing the Dr. Terrell and Jacob Troyer, who was the healer. Do you remember when we talked about that, that the hex murders? Mm hmm. Yeah. That's exactly like what that was, the healer. Gotcha. Um, he was the first Amish to be convicted of murder. Side note, I don't imagine he is the first murderer. Correct. But I think they handle it in their own way. And this one was just outside of their reach. Like they didn't know what the fuck to do because they couldn't, you know, murder when it's a jealousy or a greed or whatever it is, they're not mentally unhinged. I mean, they are obviously it takes a mentally unhinged person to actually commit murder, but you know, they're not insane. This right, one, and they accepted him back when he got out of prison. No, no, they did. They did not. They did too. They let him be buried there. I'll get to it. They let him be buried there. Yeah, he's buried next to his goddamn wife. Right, that's what I'm saying. They let him back into the community. Yeah, when he was dead. Okay, I'll get to it. He moved to a mental institution. Well, it wasn't a mental institution. It was a mental house, a mental institution house in Evart, Amish community in Michigan, after he was released from prison. Uh, he worked, uh, he worked in a machine shop 
And after an incident where Edward had gone after the bishop's wife, he was asked to leave, which gone, gone. after. Yeah. Was it, that sexually? It's, or it's was sexual. It yes. Crazy. It's romantic. Okay. It's romantic. Okay. Cause when I first read it, I was like, the fuck is he just like on a murderous spree here? No, it was romantic. And obviously they are saying that it was unrequited, but what is she going to say? Yeah. I, I wanted it. Kick right. me out too. Like, no, <laughs> He moved to another Amish community in Indiana after that. And then he so returned. Saying, they welcomed him back. That's my point. No, his community in Brown Hill did not. Oh, it was the, the other. General. Oh, yes. The, the Amish other community. Amish. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. In Evart in Michigan, they used far more uh, technology savvy machines. So they they were a bit more progressive than Brown Hill, which is very, very, if you're going to rank any of the Amish community, they're very low on forms of technology. Um, but also the bishop in Brown Hill was the uncle of Katie. Ah, so. And the bishop the, makes the rules. That's why different yes. communities have different rules. The bishop. Absolutely. Kind of is. Yeah. So and it, and that was when they um, the lawyers, the private or I'm sorry, what are they? Um, the court appointed lawyers for Edward. They had to go speak to the bishop because Edward wouldn't say certain things to his lawyers. He would say, you have to speak to the bishop like he was so indoctrinated to his beliefs that there are certain things you just can't say and the bishop can allow it so he would say you have to ask the bishop for permission and then i'll tell you but like he has to say that it's okay that i say it um and that bishop of brown hill happened to be katie's uncle and mm. he was not fucking pleased with this guy he was against the marriage in the first place however oh. he was persuaded that it was a good thing and he felt, you know, at the time that it, maybe it was a good thing. So I think there's, you know, guilt. Maybe he should have stood his ground. Maybe he should have not let the marriage go on, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if you're the one that sanctioned the marriage and then it turned out horribly, mm. I mean, that's how do you not take that personally? If like you should have done something different. I mean, obviously, it's not his fault. I'm not trying to say that. But I think, you know, internally, as a person in power, you always think I had the power to do something different and I didn't do it. You know, yada, yada, as that goes. So. In 2007, he was in the uh, he left the Indiana Amish community. He wanted to be closer to his three kids he had not been in contact with his family because they were threatened with shunning as well, which, I mean, Dwight Schrute, shunned, unshunned, shun, <laughs> unshunned. That's still my favorite. Uh, when he returned in 2007, two of his brothers and two of his teenage sons, remember the, the one who was six at the time ran who ran to get? Yeah. yeah. He's one of those two teenage teenage sons 
the two teenage sons and two, they have a billion brothers. Okay. This guy, Edward has like a billion siblings. I couldn't keep track of anything, but two of his brothers and his two teenage sons had relationships with him and they were shunned by the community. Now it's hard to, it's hard to tell whether those two brothers were already shunned and then caught up with contact with Edward or if they were shunned because of it. His sons were shunned because of it. His daughter was under the care of her grandparents, which were Edward's parents. And her grandparents forbade her to see him. So she had had no communication. She had no letters. She had no nothing. She was not allowed to speak of him, see him at all. And this is his parents. Like, I mean, that's that speaks a lot. And this is from a postgazette.com. And to speak to the severity of the shunning, after meeting with their father, the two teenage sons tried to attend a prayer group and were arrested for trespassing. Wow. Like shunning is no fucking joke. Wow. Like they shunned him. He was not to be near them. And then they thought, as teenagers do, right? It's fine. I'll go talk to my dad. And then, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? Arrest me? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. They, yep, they did. Wow. That's crazy. So he was arrested on kidnapping his his 17-year-old daughter, Mary, in 2007. This is when Edward went back near the community. He kidnapped his daughter. He took her from a buggy and held her for five days. Oh, shit. Aiding, yeah, aiding him in the abduction were his two teenage sons and his two brothers. He wanted to have a chance to reconcile with her. And I kind of like... This is where I get back and forth, you know. I mean, everybody's. No, you don't get to. You murdered my mother, so go fuck yourself. Exactly. No. Uh uh-uh. Ex- I agree. I no. agree. But I also agree that like maybe now he's on his meds. Like maybe. But you can't. Very kind, sweet mother. Because you're a fucking monster. So no, I'm out. Yeah. But she's yeah. probably curious. I get that. I get. Well, that. she she didn't have a. That's true. He kidnapped her. She didn't have a say. Yeah. But also. He, I'm going to fucking murder my dogs. I have curtains. I tried to throw my pen at the window and it just bounced off my curtains. Hold on a second. Are you kidding me? I knocked. She had to get out one more wolf. I knocked. Don't be dumb. Daft cow. All right. (laughs) So. So he kidnapped his daughter. So they were. His older brothers were arrested in. Why is your hand in front of them? I'm sorry. I was. Pepsi to chase my shot with. I was like, wow, are we just this hand here? Like we're out. <laughs> I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. I'm done with myself about now. It's like two hours here. Um only an hour and twenty minutes. Dude, I swear to God, I want to just release this thing and not 
do it. They should know all the shit we go through. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all right. Anyway. So his older brothers were arrested in connection with interfering with custody of a child, conspiracy to commit concealment of a child, et cetera, et cetera. Basically what you would be concerned with if you were part of kidnapping. (laughs) They were urged to give up the whereabouts of Ed and Mary, but they chose not to. They were like, oh, I'm not quite sure. You know, also, it was Edward's sister who was riding, older sister, who was driving the buggy, which I didn't know you drove. I mean, you're, they're horses. Like, who's driving? I mean. Well, you got to guide them. I guess. The horses run willy-nilly. Well, but she's 17. You'd think she could drive her own buggy. They have open buggies. It's your, your first car is a convertible. All right. Well. It's not closed. Whatever it is, she was kidnapped out of a buggy. Look, so my dad his knows sister, Buggy Dan, okay? Look, his sister was complacent in this kidnapping. She could have driven off or ran back or whatever. Anyway, Mary was she was eventually found safe with Ed at the home of an attorney who had represented him a few months back when he was seeking legal custody of Mary. So Mary was the only one at this time who was under age where he could not have communication with. Um, He was seeking legal custody because he had written a letter from prison saying, um, because he had spent only four years or three years and one day in prison. So he had written to his parents saying, I give you custody of my children. Well, his attorney, George Schroke, said that you that was not you giving up legal custody. Just because you're a convicted murderer of their mother doesn't mean you automatically give up custody. So he was trying to fight for that custody. Um, and it was at at. George's house or I'm sorry it was a property owned by George so it wasn't his house he didn't live there um, that's where they were found it, he was ordered to stay away from his attorney uh, a woman judge Amy Nichols set Ed's bail at a hundred thousand dollars he could also not see his daughter either by the way the hearing of that uh, was in Titusville The hearing of the bond. So his lawyers argued that he was not motivated by psychosis or trying to do harm to his daughter. He simply wanted to connect because of the harsh shunning. It was impossible to have a conversation with her. She had like one more year. You couldn't wait till she was 18. He clearly is a very, very selfish person. And as much as they want to shield him against his psychosis and whatever, when you're lucid and you just think about yourself, that's selfish. I don't care what the fuck you have behind it. Like, he's a very selfish person. Um, I mean, I have in my family uh, a parent who is not psychotic who removed themselves because they felt that they were doing more harm than good. So, I mean, this guy, you could fucking clearly 
he's right. doing more harm than good. Like, just leave her alone for a fucking year. Like, who? I mean, who knows? He, Gone this he's, long. He's an extremely selfish person, and I, I know that us as a society are very, um, we're. We're very much shamed into not speaking ill of people who might have disabilities. But to me, like, yeah, I might not talk shit about the way he murdered his wife. Um, if that was indeed a psychosis and that was a psychotic break, I'm not saying that. I'm saying right now he's on his medication, he's lucid, and he's kidnapping his fucking daughter. <laughs> Which is traumatic to her. So I don't really care <laughs> what? whether. Yeah. Like, um, so. They also argued his lawyers saying that he had been receiving treatment for his mental health while he had been in Brownsville area. He was an out an outpatient treatment at Stairways Behavioral Health in Titusville. While out on bail, he had to wear an ankle monitor. Which I hope it ran on a 12 volt battery or less. I mean, that's like, I don't know how they feel about that. He spent three months in jail after that. Nothing to do with that, but he was hunting deer and he was a felon, so he couldn't have a firearm. So he served no fucking time for kidnapping his daughter, but he had a but three months deer for- hunting. Yeah. Without a license. <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. Right? They really, they that's tight shit here, man. You don't fuck with hunting season without a license. So his sons, as well as his brothers, decided to reconcile, reconcile not with Edward, but with the Brownhill Amish. They, this devastated Edward. Edward was like, I can't believe, you know, you did all this stuff for me. And they were like, you know what? I'm, I'm going back to the community. He was living with cousins who were not Amish, but his cousin's neighbors wanted him out. They were like, dude, this guy is a fucking like we can't have him here. It was kind of like a John Gardner type of episode where like people found out he was there and they were like, fuck, this guy needs to go. Right. Nobody wants to hear. Yeah. You're fucking crazy, bad. So somewhere around the summer of 2010, when he moved, he moved into his attorney's office. This guy, you might remember his name. George, he was at his property when he was hiding his daughter. Uh, The property was in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania. And when he was there, a nurse came every two weeks to inject him with an antipsychotic medication. And he was also taking antidepressants on his own. The guy, George Schroek or Schroek, whatever, uh, It was his wife, Stephanie, who walked into the barn one day on their property and found Edward hanging dead. Good. January 14th, 2011. He was 44 years old. So it was was 10 years after he had murdered his wife. Or No, I'm sorry. It was 10 years after he got out of prison for murdering his wife. He had left a message on the top of a dirty bucket that said, forgive me, please, in dust. No. Like he no. wrote it with his fingers, which no. I find it. I find it strange because we had just talked about the Rebecca Zahau 
and how she was, you know, not a woman of few words. And so she would have really written something out. But this to me seems totally on par with him. So, right. Always thinking about himself. Forgive me. Yeah. Nothing about like, I'm sorry that I'm a fucking dumb fuck. Yeah. Or I mean, selfish asshole. Can you imagine your kids? I mean, you're not even giving them the benefit of giving them a lot. Like I think about this um, probably more than normal because of COVID times. God damn it, dog. Are you guys talking to Morse code? <laughs> Good news is I just learned that my window was completely unlocked because I just locked it to try and open it. And oops, now I realize it's been for weeks. A murderer could have come in through my window. Uh, so there. Yeah. But I think about this more so in COVID times of what, what would I want my children to know about me if I did die? Like, and I think about what, um, like what a letter I would do, or you know, you see people with cancer who write their kids right. letters for big and, birthdays, and like yeah. you fucking dick, dude, you chose to out yourself. It's not like you had a horrific accident and you didn't have time to think about your children. Like you had more than enough time, and you decided forgive me was what you were gonna leave them with. Right. Like, how well, fucking dare you? So the guy that was talking him into being a Christian. Mm-hmm. My parents actually Dave? know him. Oh, yeah. really? He's related, I believe, to their best friends. Wow. Yeah. They weren't living out here then. We were still in California. Yeah. I say we, like, I moved out here like three weeks ago. <laughs> it like two weeks I've been here. Now I'm with you. You're always we. Yeah. When you have family that lives somewhere, you live we're there. We. That's Well, his attorney... Um, he clearly had a very scumbag. big soft spot for scumbag. You're just a scumbag. He said, "Quote: His community completely deserted him. They shunned him. They kept him from rejoining his family. He was an awful, an awfully good person, and he could have helped his community a lot." And that was from an article on Reuters. Reuters. I don't know yeah. how you said that dot com, um, which I thought it caught me so off guard. It was like, are you fucking okay. serious? Like, I'll be are honest, you kidding? It's weird that the community didn't take him back because do you remember when that that guy went into an Amish schoolhouse like about 15 years ago and shot up Amish school kids? Yes, they forgave him instantly. And his wife, the shooter's wife, came over and they helped her. With the, with the burial, I believe. I don't know if the guy died. I don't remember. They were just super, that's but their what way. But what was his um, mental state when he was doing it? I don't Do know. He wasn't Amish. He wasn't Amish. Because that's, I think, a lot of the reason that they had a hard time with this guy in particular 
is that they kind of felt like, you know, you should have taken your grievances and left versus try and be like us. And then you took one of ours because the bishop, which is Katie's uncle, said, you know, he was always a troublemaker. Like he ne- he never really wanted to Which be is here. Which why they didn't let him in. They probably thought, you know what, you're a spawn of Satan. Yeah. Like that's probably why sure. they didn't let him back in. Because they knew in their heads he was never going to be better. Well, and I think a lot of it too, if I'm going to be empathetic to the other uh, people in the community, there's children involved. And you don't True. want that being involved in your children. <laughs> if if you welcome him back to the community, he should have the rights of right. to have his children. Absolutely. So you kind of have to, are you going to protect his three children or are you going to let him back in? And I think honestly, they made the right call. Like we can't have you influencing your children. And how do you say, we'll let you back in the community, but you can't have communication with your children. I mean, right. that just that seems would be next to impossible. Absolutely. Right. So I, I, I definitely, I feel for the people who had to make that decision. I do, but I, I do think that they kind of made the right one because clearly he wasn't all together. I mean, he killed himself in the end. So he still was struggling. Yeah. Um, and some people, I don't know. Maybe some people are just born evil. Yeah. (coughs) I don't know. I mean, he reading Jim Fisher's thing. It was really, uh, Edward blamed Katie for his mental issues. I mean, it was very clear. He said, it's a woman's fault. Well, he said that if it wasn't for, uh, or is it? He said Katie had not allowed him the proper spiritual support. And that if she did allow him the spiritual support, maybe she wouldn't have been killed. So uh, he clearly knew. Again, you're, you're fucking blaming the victim. Exactly. Oh, and she he's, didn't give you enough spiritual support. Fuck you. So Fuck you, dude. Everything I read um, previous to Jim Fisher's blog online I was thinking, what a fucking, like, what a sad, sad tale. Like, he is, he really was victimized. He got a bad string of it. Because I I always, you know, you're kind of shamed into taking the side of the mentally ill. Like, how dare you speak bad of whatever. And so everything I was reading, I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And, like, he kind of got fucked and blah, blah, blah. And then Jim Fisher was like, dude, I talked to the guy. Like, he is a very selfish person. He, he's just an asshole. Well, yeah, and he's he said Jim Fisher was like clearly Edward knew something was wrong. Like he knew something was wrong. He could have gone to anyone. He chose or like not you to. Said, he could have left. He could have mm-hmm. just left. And to me, like I completely understand that mental illness is not your fault. Like I definitely know that. However, it is absolutely your responsibility. If it is not your fault. If you're aware. But if, yeah, if you know something's up, it is your responsibility to take your medication. Or if your medications are fucking you up and you don't want to take them, you have to talk to someone. 
you have to say, hey, I don't like this. I feel like a fucking zombie. I don't want to take these anymore. And and then it becomes up to you and your caregivers or your providers or whatever to be like, okay, well, then we have to institutionalize you because you cannot be out in normal public not taking your meds. But he but you can't, all her organs. Like, that's... Oh, my God. Okay. So that is in his interview. So he's got a um, whatever the hell. His interrogation tapes, because I read them, and it's because he talks about how God made Adam and Eve, and he talks about how uh, he took her organs out because her heart wasn't in the right place, and her head wasn't in the right place because she didn't understand him. So he had to take them all out. So he could reposition it all like he clear he obviously is unwell. But it's I'm I mean, okay, you, so OK, fuck if him. you if you listen to um, or sorry, not listening, I'm going to read you a, a little bit of his um, interrogation. And he says, um, this is him, he says. Uh, what else can I say? I have to have one of you people to help me because he's talking about like um, talking him through it because he doesn't quite understand what's happening. And he says, I see it now. I was predicting things were unreal. You know what I'm saying? And the lieutenant says, what kind of things? And he's, <laughs> he says, I thought things were going to happen and they wouldn't happen at all. I thought I could tame electricity at one time. Didn't I? Right. The lieutenant says, you thought you could tame electricity? And he says, yeah, how stupid am I? And Lieutenant says, we have tamed electricity. <laughs> and he says, yes, we do. And the Lieutenant says, these lights are proof. And he's, It's not out of control. <laughs> and he says, I know, I know. Oh, I can't believe I got that far off track. Oh, well, what else will bring me on schedule? My neighbors would be would be Jack. And the lieutenant's like, well, who's your closest friends? And he goes down and he talks about Danny. He says, my brother. And he's like, how old are you? I'll be 27. He goes off this whole thing. But it just killed me when he was like, oh, my God, I thought I was so far off. Like, I thought I could tame electricity. And the lieutenant's like, yeah, dude, we did it. We to turn off these lights. Look around you, man. We yeah. got this. Electricity is our bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I... I feel so bad for Katie and her family Me because too. he's buried right next to her. And that's like, fucking wrong. Why would you allow is. that? That's wrong. Well, a murderer should never be next to his victim. Her her family, her mother, her, her father had died by this time, but her mother allowed it. And then her Ugh. mother left because she was afraid of him. James sounds really, really close. Just for the record. Yeah, by probably normal car, but buggy, it would take a good little point. while. That's a good point. You could get there by buggy because you wouldn't be allowed on the roads. Yeah. You can only go on certain roads. They have to have lights on their buggy because by law, we have to be able to see them at night because there's been too many accidents. Oh, yeah. That's so they true. They do have lights. Like um, the other day, um, I was driving with the kid lit coming back from my parents. It was night. And I was like, is that a bug there? 
I'm like, or is that just a really slow moving vehicle? And she's like, I think it's a buggy. I'm like, I don't think so. It's moving too fast. But it's funny because it's hard to tell until you kind of get up on them. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have to have lights. You have to have headlights and taillights and brake lights. I've never. I, I My closest thing to a buggy is a, a Oh, man. Bike. I'll show you the world because <laughs> you're going to come out here in January with Mark Juan. That's what you I want for Christmas. <laughs> right. What you want for Christmas. Okay. So what you want for Christmas? Christmas. Um, and what we do? I know my dog woof. is so crazy. I can't. I want. I I want to throw my phone, but I can't because my phone is. So the other night, apart. so I was sleeping upstairs. Kristen was downstairs, at, and I just gone to sleep at like 1:30. 3 a.m. Yeah. Zoe wakes up barking. Um, so the way the guest room and Adelia's room or kidless room works. <laughs> I just threw a magazine at the window. <laughs> so if you're coming up the front stairs, you have to go through Kidlet's room to get to the guest room. But if you come up the back stairs, you can just go into the guest room. It's really strange. I don't know who built the top story of this house. It's really odd. I guess the back stairs are the servant stairs. Whatever. So she started barking into Kidlet's room at 3 a.m. with her hair raised and a full-on attack bark. Oh, no. And I was like, what the fuck? That that makes me think someone's in her room. So I had to get up and look, and there's nothing there. And I was like, Isn't the that the fuck? worst feeling in it's the world? It's like, what do you see? Because she is staring ahead in that room so aggressive and hair up, like, I'm going to kick oh, your no. ass. I just I'm mean. Like, what the fuck is that? When you know you have to go investigate. Oh, yeah. I was like, like, I don't. There's Christian. I yeah. don't want to go look in there. I'm I don't. Be, I probably didn't even look in there. I am in my own, like, it's only me now. So I'm in total, like, defense mode where <laughs> shit happens. And I'm like, fuck, I, I, I have to, I probably should go look at that. And I'm like, well, what if I just ignore it? Like, what I if I, and then I'm like, fuck. It. Like, now I am going to sage the house just to see if I aggravate something, because then I know straight up. Because I don't know if it's my subconscious thinking it's haunted now. Yeah, but you don't own it, so you could move. I can't, but I can't move for six months. And I can't. I'm out of money. I can't move from this house. This is my house. Like, these, these <laughs> whoever's it. with me, this is it. Although I, I genuinely do not fear anything that is inside of my house. You don't think I have any um, malicious spirits either at least they haven't i mean i haven't been here that long to make judgment per se there's a lot of strange the way this house is built is very winchester house though there's a lot of random rooms what is that winchester house the winchester house the one up in um northern california where she kept building because the ghost of oh my god her husband and murdered we have to you have to cover that I listened to a podcast from uh, Generation Y on that. Wait, was it Generation Y or True Crime Martinis Garage? and Murder did it, and so did That's Why We Drink. Actually, I mm. just think That's Why We Drink did it. They wouldn't do it on Martinez and Murder. Oh, no, you're right. It wouldn't be Generation Y. Oh, well, so I listened to it. Maybe it was. It was one of their, it was their first episode of That's Why We Drink. They did the Dude, Winchester I'll tell house. you what. The problem that I have with listening to all the podcasts is I don't know where I hear anything like 
I can't hear it in my brain. When I first started listening to podcasts, I was very like, you know, those people who eat their peas and then their corn and then their mashed potatoes. Like there has to be a hierarchy of everything. When I first started listening to podcasts, I was very much that way. Like I have to listen to all the episodes of Generation Y. Then I have to listen to all the episodes of True Crime Garage. Then I have to listen to all the like I couldn't go through week by week. Like I had to listen to them right. all. And now that I, that you know, I was caught up on everything. Now I'm like, okay, well, throughout the week, it's wine and crime. And, and that's why we drink and true, you know, I sprinkle them in everywhere. Um, but so for in the beginning, I could immediately think of whatever episode it was because I could hear them talking, you know, cause I was so used to just listening to one. So. My brother-in-law told me to listen to California because he listens to all our podcasts and he listens to a lot. Hi, Dave. He's a truck driver. <laughs> yeah, he's here right now. <laughs> Not here, but he will be. He's in the vicinity. He's hunting. Um, I was like, what the fuck? You go- yes, he's on this planet. He's on I Earth. Are we like- <laughs> I meant like I just saw him this morning. Um, oh, gotcha. He He's like, yeah, you should listen to California. So. When I was driving across the country, I was like, okay. I listened to a lot of Martinez and Murder because I, I got sick of the radio or whatever. And I was like, I lasted 20 minutes. And I this isn't recorded. We're not putting this up, so it doesn't matter. But it's one person. It's a chick. And she has the most monotone. Did you monotone cut off the recording? Oh, I didn't. No. Oh. Well, you said it was you cut off. The, we're not recording well, I anymore. Mean, I know you're not going to edit. You're going to edit this all out. But. Maybe I won't. Well, I don't want to talk shit about someone else's podcast, but she had the most monotone voice. Like, you want to talk about reading off a script. Like, she's literally like, so this is what happened on March 27, 1984. Okay. I was like, well, oh, fuck no, I'm out. Like, one, you have no banter, so I'm already out. <laughs> as much as I do agree, we should never talk super shit about other people's no i don't want to do that however i'm not editing so (laughs) sorry we do maybe i just had a bad episode sorry no i don't i i definitely will say that there have been a lot of people who have told us about our podcast that aren't for our podcast that have talked to me in particular saying we need to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, this just isn't for you then because we're not that way. So I completely understand. Obviously, we shouldn't be talking shit about other people in general because that's not good karma. But I do think uh, podcasts not are not everybody. for, yeah, but they're not for no. everybody. And no. you have to kind of find what you like. And then, you know, and then if you find what you like and they deviate from the script, Say, for instance, when you listen to this whole episode and you're like, fuck, I really hope next time you edit like I did not (laughs) like this. That's when you can offer offer constructive criticism because we know that we're kind of your cup of tea. And and then this just went off script. So, yeah. Or maybe they like it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let us know what you think. We love all of you anyway, and we really appreciate you listening to us. And we, do. we appreciate you so much. And I wish that people would reach out on our Facebook. I just, 
I'd like to know your opinion. I mean, if you're going to be negative, then I don't want to know your opinion. <laughs> Not that I want to. Maybe that's why no ass. one talks to us because they're uh, like, uh, I don't want to be mean, but. Uh... <laughs> but like there's people out there. I mean, I see them. They like our posts. They do those things. I mean, we don't post a lot because we just don't have a lot of interaction, but we'd love to. Like, hey, if you want to talk, okay, we know Jen's going through a divorce. You know, I recently became a mom in a couple last couple of years to a, a 10 year old. So reach out know. about I those would... kind of things. You know, if there's something that we triggered on that you want to comment on or you're going through it too, fucking reach out. Yeah, you can absolutely. And thanks for calling out my divorce. But um Sorry. I you, figured when you, you went from husband at the beginning to ex-husband, so I figured <laughs> that they've probably put two and two together. You absolutely can reach out to us on those things. But also, I would like to say that I don't reach out to my podcast that I listen to with regularity either. So I don't tried, feel that you have to. People were annoying. <laughs> people oh were God. annoying, and I didn't like it. We're, we live in an Aaron-centric world, everyone. <laughs> we all have to... Prioritize Erin above all else. She is our queen. <laughs> well, according to someone that I'm not a fan of and actually deleted on my Facebook, so I feel I can say this. And if you're listening, I don't give a fuck. You need to know this. You're full of yourself. But Whoa, she wanted shit. me to know. She's like, I think Jen talks over you. I do. All the time. And Absolutely. I'm like, I, don't, I don't care. Well, I'm just. I just think, and I go, you know, I don't care what you think because you're that person that only wants to tell you she's, she's a horrible person in general. Oh, that's not nice. I she do did. talk over you all the time. I feel like my opinion is better than yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I appreciate that about you. Just in case anyone was wondering how I felt about the subject. This is, I call her my Jewish princess. Well, not mine personally, but. She's that person. Do you remember the anti-Semite at um on Seinfeld? No. No, the anti-dentite. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh, right, right. I was going to say the dentist who turned Jewish. Yes. Who was making all the this Jewish is, jokes. Yeah. This is this person. You mean Breaking Bad? <laughs> <laughs> She's literally that person. Yeah. We used to hmm. work together and she still thinks we're like besties. And it like we didn't really work together in real life. Like we were way far apart. Okay, she's well, that person, this, and I'm like, I didn't even know we were still friends on Facebook when I got this commentary. Okay, we're we're gonna wrap this up because we're gonna go on for hours because I haven't talked to you in a little while. That's so we're gonna wrap this up. Right. And we're gonna save you all. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna we'll continue this uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll get our shit together enough to actually record and edit. And everyone sends super good vibes. To vibes to Aaron because I'm going to ask her to edit at some point. So Oof. she's going <laughs> to, she's going to need it all. Oof. Um, but we, I, please let us know what you think about our completely unedited episode and um, don't hesitate. I know this week was a bit off because we had, instances where we were yelling at our animals or our significant <laughs> others that's but, our um, life, though that's what but we, we thought we'd give you as an early christmas present and uh a view into how we operate um, <laughs> so. you have no you have no idea how much longer we can make these episodes without oh my editing. god they're god like four them. hours god 
Okay. Well, we love you all and we will uh, talk with you next week. And this episode, as long as there's not too many pauses and weird things, will be available on Patreon. So you can actually see what we're yelling at or, I mean, Sorry, most likely I don't not. Look better. But it's been a rough day for me. Oh, you look beautiful. You were super glitchy, though. I mean, that has nothing to do with your looks, but it was irritating to watch. How <laughs> glitchy you. I was at a Christmas tree store today. We'll oh talk God. about it. Okay. Well, um, we'll say bye for now. Ciao. Um, or ciao. Um, I want to yeah. eat ciao. All right. Well, we hope you stay safe and be kind. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.